This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. Uh, so as I shared earlier, we are in uh, this season of Lent. And so we are in the fifth week of Lent. Uh, it is a, series, a season that we've been walking through in a way very similarly to the way the early church uh, would have experienced Lent. Uh, Lent traditionally has been a teaching season, a season of catechesis or catechism, uh, where disciples of Christ, particularly new disciples, would be learning about the foundations of our faith. And so we chose this year during Lent uh, to do something very similar, similarly, uh, where we're using Scripture uh, and the Apostles' Creed uh, to reclaim, to name, and to reclaim uh, our foundational faith, uh, what we believe as Christians, uh, what it means for us, and why it matters. And there really are two questions, and that really are the two basic questions, which is what do we believe? Uh, what are those non-negotiables for us? What are those foundational things that Christians across thousands of years has claimed as, as uh, unique to us as Christ followers, as people who claim Jesus as Lord, uh, who, who know Jesus, and, and who claim this series at Easter, this truth at Easter, uh, of this resurrected, re- resurrected Christ and what that means for us? And so we ask that question, what does it mean? What do, what, what do we believe? And the second one is, why does it matter? And why do our fundamental beliefs matter? Why uh, why do they matter for our lives? Why do they matter for our behavior? How does it change how we live as individuals and how we live together? And so we have just been spending each week walking through uh, these pieces. Uh, last week in the Apostles' Creed, we talked about the Holy Spirit, uh, who the Holy Spirit is, the person of the Holy Spirit in the Trinity, and how we as people respond to the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we talked about things uh, like how the Spirit works to connect us with God, the, the link between us and God the Father. Uh, we talked about the purpose uh, and the work and how the Holy Spirit intercedes with us on behalf of God, how our prayers are heard by God through that link. Uh, we talked about uh, how the Holy Spirit invites us and nudges us and beckons us uh, to live this life of sanctification, that we are being moved and we are becoming the people God desires us to become. And we left with this application where we asked the question, how do we, uh, as God's people, better listen uh, to a, a God that we believe is still speaking to us today through the, through the person of the Holy Spirit. And so how are we listening? How are we hearing God? And how are we moving based on God's invitation to us as God's people? And so that's where we left it last week. Uh, this week we're continuing that conversation, and we are talking about not just uh, the person of the Holy Spirit, but how that plays itself out through the church. How, how God uses the Holy Spirit to give birth to God's church and how we are continually living into that. Uh, one thing that God has done across time and history is God has used individuals uh, to create communities and families. Uh, we often talk about our church as a family. It is a very big family. It's a family where even on a Sunday morning, we will have four worship services just on this campus alone. Uh, we will have one the Sunday evening. We have uh, over 100 youth that gather every Sunday night just here. We have two other campuses, physical sites, where people gather to worship, where over 200 people every Sunday gather to experience God's word and God's love. We have a, a congregation that worships in Spanish, uh, Fiesta Cristiana, whose uh, tagline is uh, more than a church, Mosque una iglesia, una familia, a family. And so we talk about family a lot. And that has been God's ethic for uh, across time and history from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. Uh, God created Adam and Eve and told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply, to create family. He, through Abraham, looked at Abraham and Sarah and said for Abraham and Sarah to know that their descendants would be as many as the stars in the sky and as many as the sands on the seashore. Uh, for Moses, he led the family of Israel, the people of Israel across uh, this wilderness to, uh, to a promised land where they might be family, they might experience community uh, together. 
And with the Holy Spirit, God is once again creating family. As the Pentecost was poured out, the Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost to create this new way of family, of this church, this community that we might live into God's promises. And so that's what we're proclaiming today. And so we're going to begin really simply with the first line of the third movement of the Apostles' Creed. We're going to pull it up, if you would, Mary Beth. And we're going to say this uh, together. Uh, we said last week, I believe in the Holy Spirit. So this is the next extension of that. So we're going to say, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. So this is where we are this Sunday, the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. And we're really asking the question, what is church? Uh, what is church for us? How do we live out this idea of being part of what we call the Holy Catholic uh, Church? Uh, for me, a church has looked like a lot of different things across time. I remember when I was very small, uh, we attended a Methodist church. I was baptized in a Methodist church. And I remember, not my baptism, but I remember soon thereafter, uh, my parents would bring me to uh, Sunday school every week. And we, every week we were in town, and, and they'd, they'd bring us here. My parents are actually here this morning. They brought my daughter to church this morning, which is a beautiful thing. They're now continuing that uh, generation to generation. They'd bring me to church every week, and I remember in Sunday school uh, that we had to memorize Scripture verses. Did anybody do that growing up? And they had a sticker chart on the wall. And I remember that I was motivated by little smiley faces. I don't know why. Um, emojis still do that for me today, I think. But we, I just, for whatever reason, I love getting smiley face stickers on the wall. Now, I was also very competitive, and I liked to win, which, again, is part of why I'm heartbroken, Jim, about UVA. That's right. Um, <laughs> that's right. Uh, but, I was, but I would memorize them on the way to church every week, and I would wait because that's just what I do. I'd wait to the very last minute, and in the car, I'd be like, Mommy, like I forgot my Bible verse. Can you get it for me? And I would get it, and I would memorize it, and I would be walking into the classroom, and I would say it as fast as I could so I would not forget it. So I'd get my sticker on my sticker chart. The other thing I remember is that I was part of a children's choir uh, at, at our church, and I learned these language of faith through the choir experience. Again, my kids are doing that now here. The other thing I love to do was acolyte. Now, I've got a picture. I know it's hard to see, um, but that is me at seven years old as an acolyte in my Methodist church. That's an old picture. Um, it's, again, it's not, it's not very easy to see. Now, that, uh, the reason I know it's seven is because the girl beside me has a broken wrist. And she, uh, she's actually, if you flip the next one, um, she's my wife. So from seven, uh, we've actually noticed since, since, we were, since we were two, we acolyte together. And then... Many, many years later, when we were in our 20s, we got engaged, and we are now married. We were celebrating 15 years uh, this summer. So, yeah, that's, you know, you can, that, the church is awesome. That really is. That's, that's the good thing. Now, this is my last comment, I promise. You can see in the, in the picture, we got engaged at UVA. That's where we went to school. And I was going to wait till then to talk about that. So UVA actually is a really beautiful, wonderful place. Um, <clears throat> good things happen. But this was church for me. Church was a wonderful thing for me. Church was a place that I learned scripture. Church was a place that I learned tradition. Church was a place that I learned what family and community looked like and what it, what it, how it existed. Church was a place literally that gave me my family today. That's what church was for me. And church for us, I believe, is a place that we can find those things. Church is a place where we can be rooted in scripture. Church is a place where we can learn this language of faith. Church is a place where we find family together, where, whether it's immediate family, whether it's extended family. It's a place where we choose, because we are church, to pray for children like Mackenzie and to help children like Mackenzie and Camden be raised up in the faith here because we are choosing to be extended family for the Fullers. That's what we do. That's how we live together as church. So this morning, I'm going to invite us to open uh, to Acts chapter 2. And we're going to begin with how 
the early church was described. This is the earliest version of church uh, in Scripture. Uh, This is right after Pentecost. Pentecost is the birthday of the church. It's when God chose to pour out the Holy Spirit on uh, Peter and the other disciples. They preached. Over 3,000 people were baptized and came into the faith that day. And from that point on, they began to live out this early expression of church. And this is how Luke describes church in Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 42. He says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the Holy Spirit was poured out. And when the Holy Spirit was poured out, people's lives were transformed. When people's lives were transformed, they began gathering. And they gathered together as God's people in small groups where they committed themselves to to Scripture, to fellowship, to breaking bread, and to prayer. That was the rhythm of the church. Uh, This past week, we actually, uh, Pastor Angelo taught our compromands about church and the nature of church. And our confirmands are actually gone this weekend. We have over 50 uh, middle school and high schoolers that are at a confirmation retreat. This is a picture of them. Uh, we got it last night. Um, Dana, you can't really see it. Dana, our associate youth director, is there, uh, as y'all are facing it on the far left. Um, she is very tired. And so she, is, she sent this last night and said, I'm tired. I'm ready to be home. But it's been awesome. And they've had a great weekend. And, and they're there with their parents learning about what it means to be part of the church, what it means to choose to let this place, this gathering of God's people, transform them. Last week, Pastor Angelo taught about church. And there are two points uh, in that lesson I want to share with you guys. Uh, Yep. It says simply this. When we talk about church, we say the church is a gathering for God's people to support one another in their spiritual growth and to serve as God's representatives in the world. We are, it's a gathered people. It's why we take so seriously Sunday mornings and gathered spaces for worship. It's why we encourage people to, to be in church unless you are sick or, or out of town that you would be present with the gathered people because it is so important for us to be present with each other. It is the gathered people that encourage each other. And whether it is for you or whether it is for someone else that you're here this morning, we believe God is working in us to encourage and to challenge each other. And that's to be sent out into the world, is to be a place who go from this place and carry God's message uh, to the world. So we're going to go back to the creed and I want to ask you, we, we, there's two words there. And before we put it back up on the screens, I'm going to give you a, a quiz to see if you can memorize stuff as fast as I did. Um, two words that we use to describe church in the creed. What are they? Holy and Catholic, right? Now, Catholic, we'll come back to in a second, is little c Catholic. It means universal. So we'll come back to that one. But I want to begin with holy. When we say in the creed that we believe in the holy and Catholic church, this is what we mean. Um, there's a quote in Adam Hamilton's book, and you can pull that one up, Mary Beth, that he describes it this way. He says, the church is holy because she belongs to God. The church is holy because she belongs to God. I'm going to read this passage from 
uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. This is how Peter writes about the church, the gathered people. He says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. In order that you might proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That verse, uh, you can pull it back up, Mary Beth, uh, is one of my favorite in Scripture as it describes what it means to be God's people. Peter writes, once you were not a people, and now you are God's people. We are holy because God chooses to make us holy. We were a a distanced people. We were a broken people. We were a a disenfranchised people pulled apart by sin and by brokenness of the world. And God chooses to step in and gather God's people. And so God makes us holy. It's the same promise we make in baptism. Mackenzie does not earn her holiness. She as a child has holiness because God chooses to mark that child, to claim that child and help grow that child up to be a child of God, to be a disciple of Jesus. We don't earn our holiness. God marks us and claims us and moves us toward holiness. That's what God does because God loves us. Now, we participate in that. We choose to participate in that. That is our choice as as people with free will to, to choose to either accept God's grace and move towards holiness or to reject God's grace and move away from that. But it is God as first mover, God as claimer, God as redeemer that makes us holy. That's the the holy church that we believe in. And so we are a people completely dependent on God's grace. The second word we use is Catholic. And so we say it's one holy and Catholic church. Catholic, as I said earlier, is little c Catholic. It means universal church or the church everywhere. Uh, We believe uh, very firmly that the church uh, is one church, not one Methodist church, but one universal church gathered together as God's people. In 1 Corinthians 12, this is how Paul writes about that. He says, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we are all made to drink of one spirit. We believe as United Methodists that we are not the only way to experience Jesus. We believe we have some great tools to experience Jesus. We believe we have a great means of grace where we might encounter God, but we believe that the church is one holy church. And whether you're Catholic or Orthodox or Protestant of any name, we believe if you are claimed by God, if you are believers in Jesus as the Son of God, then we are all in this thing together. And whether that means you're Baptist or Methodist or Lutheran or Presbyterian, or I could go on and on, we believe we are claimed as one church. And we believe that very firmly here. We, we want to work really hard to show uh, a world that is deeply divided uh, that we actually can be united as God's people. Uh, just this past Lent, we have committed to help build a house together. One of the ways we're living that out is we've joined with nine other churches. This is actually a, a faith build right here in Apex. Uh, it's in the Knollwood neighborhood, which is right across from the old Apex High School. Uh, and it is, a, it is a place where we have been participating over the course of several months to build a house together because we believe part of what it means uh, to be united as one church, as one body, is to make a difference in the world together. And so we've come together to build homes for people who need homes in our communities. Something we're doing after Easter is we are partnering with over 40 churches in this area uh, to preach a sermon series together. 
to, to ask deep questions of faith, to, to ask these questions about what it means to be God's people, not as God's people here at Apex Methodist, although that, that's part of it, but what it means to be God's universal church. And so we came together back in the fall and we began to dream as pastors and leaders of congregations how we might demonstrate that to the world, that we as the church, the, the little C Catholic church, the universal church, might demonstrate publicly that in a world that is divided, that we might actually be united that we might gather people together with the purpose of drawing folks to God. That's what we're going to do. And so for for, for over 40 of us in this area, beginning April 8th, we're going to preach together the same sermon series across five weeks, proclaiming that good news that is the gospel of Jesus, that God is constantly drawing us back uh, towards Christ. When Eugene Peterson talks about this passage from, from 1 Peter, this is how he describes it. This is in the message, the translation of the scripture. He translates it, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him, to tell others the night and day difference he made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. That whole sermon series is going to be, is going to be answering these fundamental questions how we as God's people are offering that message to the world. How do we share with our neighbors? How do we share uh, with our coworkers and our family this great truth that we go from a people who were nothing to something, who were rejected to accepted? And for five weeks, we're going to be putting tools in your hands, and we together are going to be sharing that message, again, across 40 churches in this area, proclaiming this good news together. Because that's what it means to be the church, to be people who are family and who share that good news with a world that desperately needs it. I want to close uh, with this. And this is about the communion of saints. It's that last part of this where we believe in a Holy Spirit and a Holy Catholic uh, Church, or yeah, Holy Catholic Church and a communion of saints. The communion of saints are described by Paul this way in Hebrews. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Adam Hamilton uh, calls it this way when he describes what it means. He says, when Jesus came, he did not simply call individual disciples. He formed a community, a family, a people chosen to love and continue his work in the world. The church is holy because she belongs to God. She is Catholic because in God's eyes, there is only one church. And God's church is a communion of saints below and saints above who are bound together as members of God's family. We believe in a church that is not just a church of this world, but a church that is a one holy universal church that extends beyond this world and beyond this time. That we are linked together with the saints that have come before, with the saints that are present now, and with the saints that will to come. That's what we believe. That we are linked together across time and space and eternity in a way that we might live this thing out forever. That's God's good news. That's the promise we claim when we make this, this claim in the Apostles' Creed. Uh, this morning, we're going to close the way we have every week, and we're going to proclaim this truth together. And so I'm going to invite you uh, to stand with me as we claim aloud this faith that we share. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. 
From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.